0: Welcome to another VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged. I'm your host, Bill Roth, Director of Cloud Economics. Today, we have with me our uh, esteemed um, team who is working on some of the Microsoft licensing issues. First, we have one of our most senior technical people in the workloads team, as well as a deep, deep thinker on Microsoft licensing, especially as it relates to SQL Server, Uh, Oleg Ulyanov. Hello.
1: Thank you. Hi Bill, how are you doing today?
0: Wonderful. And second, (laughs) we have newly minted, brand new VMware person with scads and scads and decades and decades of experience in Microsoft licensing. Uh, Nicole Pelko. Nicole, welcome to the pod.
2: Thank you very much, Bill, and uh, great to be here. Thanks to you and Oleg.
0: Excellent. So as we all know and we've seen from a great uh, a great blog out on um, cloud.vmware.com, Microsoft changed this licensing and, and it happens to affect our VMware Cloud on AWS um, situation. So I'll start off by going to Nicole. And uh, so can, what can you give us some background on what what were the licensing changes that were announced last fall, came into uh, play on October 1st and why it's important for VMC and AWS?
2: Sure, yeah, thanks. Let's start with just a quick recap of what happened. Uh, Microsoft announced in August of 2019 that they were going to change their terminology and use rights for dedicated outsourcers. And so, what that meant was that beginning on October 1st of 2019, on-premise licenses that end customers purchase without software assurance and without mobility rights can't be deployed on certain dedicated hosted cloud services, Uh, that VMC on AWS is one of those ring-fenced dedicated hosted cloud services. So what that means for our VMC on AWS business and our VMC on AWS customers is that if they don't have certain mobility rights, BYOL for licenses purchased pre-October 1st of 2019 or software assurance mobility rights for uh, licenses purchased after October 2019, then they need to have a discussion with us about the license included offering that VMC and AWS has.
0: Excellent. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, basically Microsoft changed its licensing. And so now I think that the time period as to when the per- license purchased is, uh, is is super important as customers make their decision. Is that accurate?
2: That's That's extremely accurate. And especially customers who have enterprise agreements or other agreements that are renewing or they're thinking about upgrading from a prior version of Windows and or SQL. That's a really good time to talk to us, especially if they're using VMC on AWS already.
0: Got it. Okay, good. Um, And I believe that they can email, if customers, if you're you're within the sound of our voices, uh, you can send an email to VMC dash microsoft dash ext for external dash ext at vmware.com. And and if you do have questions, uh, people can um, answer those questions. In the show notes, we'll have a link to the blog back in February, which is chock full of good information. And uh, as well as there is a uh, web page up, cloud.vmware.com slash Microsoft licensing which will appear in the show notes, that you can also use as a, as a collection point for this podcast and a lot of information on uh, the changes in Microsoft licensing and how it'll affect you. Um, so I think primarily uh, this affects Windows Server and SQL Server, Nicole. Uh, what, what is the impact, uh, you know, specifically we talked about kind of the boundary of October 1st. What's the impact for SQL Server? And uh, we'll start with you, Nicole.
2: Yeah, for SQL Server, there are options because SQL Server has, uh, if you have software assurance on your enterprise SQL Server, then you can move that to an a uh, VMC on AWS platform. And that's because VMC on AWS and VMware in general is considered a licensed mobility provider. So if you have software assurance on licenses, you can bring them to us because we are authorized uh, for that platform and for that motion through Microsoft. Let me, let me stop you learned- one,
0: for, for, for a lot of our VMware folks who maybe not, don't have the depth and history of knowledge, what is software assurance? It's, how would you describe software assurance? Because it's not software really support, ass- tell, me, tell us what it is.
2: <laughs> software assurance is a little bit like um, when you go to get a rental car and you buy extra insurance, That's sort of what software assurance is like because software assurance has different use rights attached to it, different uh, pricing motion attached to it, based on the program that you buy the software assurance and underlying licenses from. But for our discussion today, I'm talking about the benefit of software assurance that includes mobility rights. And that's important that uh, everyone understands that that's a license mobility motion that software assurance allows for SQL only, it does not apply to Windows, that will allow our customers to bring, or our customers to bring their SQL licenses that are covered with software assurance to our uh, VMC on AWS platform. And that's pre or post October 2019. So that yep. license mobility motion is, is in effect uh, for as long as you have that perpetual underlying license and it's associated to your agreement.
0: So now, Oleg, right. Oleg any, any kind of extensions, let's focus on, let's focus on um, Windows Server for a bit before we, we dive down the rabbit hole of SQL Server licensing. Um, anything to add relative to Windows Server, Windows Server Data Center? Uh,
1: Bill, just an off topic right now you started with SQL Server, right? And so Nicole, what Nicole described was a SQL Server. So do you want me to cover right now Windows Server, right?
0: Yeah, let's transition to Windows Server.
1: Okay, let us do that. So for Windows Server, let us talk about the Windows Server because we all know that Microsoft application, if you're using them, would require Windows operating system to run on. It's still, like, you you can run SQL Server on Linux if you want, but still majority of you probably running Microsoft Windows Server. So what has changed? As already noted, we need to differentiate between the licenses with license terms before October 1st, 2019, and for that one, you can move them between your on-premises and VMC on AWS because at the end of the day, it's just a part of your vSphere environment and we are not require anything special from Microsoft licensing perspective to be able to host it on VMware vSphere environment. The changes that we're discussing here, they changed this perspective for VMware Cloud on AWS. And the major change is, that now VMware Cloud on AWS is treated as a dedicated hosted provider and a listed provider for Microsoft, meaning that it would apply special outsourcing terms and now migration or movement of your Windows server license, uh, data center license would be prohibited. What does it mean for you? That in order to effectively host a VM with Windows Server installed, you will need to opt for a VMware subscription for Microsoft Windows Server licenses. And that is the state for all new VMs that will be new Windows Server installed. And we will cover how you can do it technically using our product later on this podcast. Eco, do you want to add something on Windows Server?
2: I just want to make sure that everyone understands that the outsourcing terms for Windows are different than the outsourcing terms for SQL. I think we've established that. If you have licenses for Windows Server that you purchased prior to October 1st of 2019, you can still bring those, uh, BYOL motion, bring your own license to VMC on AWS. That right is still included and you can still do that. It's when you want to upgrade to a new version of Windows Server or you have an end of your agreement and your agreement is coming up for renewal. So those are the two triggers you want to think about and then keep that October 1st 2019 date in mind when you're thinking about those two. And then for Windows specifically, again, Windows has software assurance rights, but they're not the same type of software assurance rights that SQL has. So that's just something to keep in mind as you're thinking about, you know, you're upgrading your environment.
0: Got it. Now, I would point out that I think what most users who aren't intimately familiar with um, Microsoft licensing None of this is secret. A lot of this can be Googled, right, Nicole? I mean, I think if you just Google Microsoft product terms, you can see the latest terms on their licensing site. So this is not spooky secret scriptures or anything.
2: <laughs> that's
1: <absolutely>, it's not.
2: <laughs> that's absolutely right. You can go out to the volumelicense.com uh, site for Microsoft. It's an external site. It actually will list all of the product use rights that are associated with all volume license programs. The trick is to understand, to interpret those license uh, use rights uh, to how you actually are using the product. And many of our customers have resellers who they purchase those licenses from and they can utilize those resellers to help them understand exactly which document applies to which agreement and applies to which product.
1: And then again,
2: again, you can always email us at that um, external email alias that Bill mentioned earlier, and we'll provide um, later in the call. You can always email that if you have questions as it as it pertains to your using uh, VMC or VMware Cloud on AWS.
0: Awesome, that's VMC-Microsoft-ext. If you would like or you have questions, I'd also recommend for VMware customers just ask your account rep. Uh, they know how to get a hold of us. And um, we will uh, do what we can to help um, our Microsoft uh, licensing team will help guide a path that to, to um, uh, make suggestions on on how to deal with this. so in that context, um, I would say that um, let's let's kind of switch over we we touched on it briefly but uh let's kind of go into sql server licensing because it's way more complicated oh like why don't you take us through kind of the decision process for how customers should deal with sql server licensing how do, how do you think about it
1: sure thing bill let me let me share my thought and i believe that actually it just looks like complicated but it's once you will dig dive a little bit into that, you will feel that it's much much more streamlined, right? So first thing first, you will need to understand the way how SQL Server can be licensed on a virtual environment. That is the background. And for that background, you have a two way how you can license SQL Server. It either can be done using per virtual machine basis. What does it mean? It's very easy, you create a VM which stands for virtual machine, you will deploy a SQL server on top of that VM, and you would need to license all vCPUs that are assigned to that particular virtual machine, which is a combination of your vCores and vSocket, how it will be shown in your vSphere UI. Very simple. And it works great if you have just a handful number of SQL server workloads in your state, like two, three, four, five VMs, then that is the best way how you can do that. In addition to that, if you are looking to host multiple SQL Server VMs, a lot of SQL Server databases, so that you might have hundreds of VM hosting your SQL Server workload. For that particular scenario, moving on and using a way when you will assign your license to your virtualization host, which is your ESXi, and you will license all physical cores on your host. That is the way how you can move forward. And depending on software assurance that we discussed already, right? Uh, you can either deploy number of VMs that is equal to number of your physical cores, which would happen without a say, or you can just deploy unlimited number of VMs if you have software assurance for all your licenses, right? So having this basic understanding, let us see what will happens once you want to move to VMware Cloud to AWS, your VMs with SQL Server workload. But again, remember that we have a way to license using virtual machine or using underlying virtualization host. The same rules apply you can still do the same on VMware Cloud on AWS, even with the new licensing terms. If you are going to use per VM license, you can continue doing so. So all the changes is you must have software assurance for all licenses that you want to move to VMware Cloud on AWS with the new licensing terms, with the terms that would be applied after October 1, 29. And leverage license mobility that Nicole just talked about. And it will be just one-to-one. If you have a VM with eight VCPU assigned, you will continue to license for that eight calls. Now what will happen if you are using per virtualization host licensing on premise? That is the same. You need to have a safe all new licenses, I mean licenses that have a licensing terms after October 1, 2019. And you can still apply them to exactly the same physical calls on your VMC on AWS. Just bear in mind that you will need to account for possible different number of physical calls that your host have. And based on that, you might decide if you need to add or remove or even save license if you will happens to have more cores on premises as you have on VMware Cloud and AWS, and remember that under new terms you will be always limited to a number of VMs that you can deploy based on number of physical cores on your host that you license. Normally we are not seeing from technical perspective that it's a real limitation because we are not expecting that you will be so overcommitting your CPU resources. So I hope this overview helps you to understand the approach to license SQL server. And you can always ask the question, as my colleague already pointed out, on vmc-microsoft-ext at vmware.com. And now I will ask Nicole to add some licensing terms and product terms content on top of my explanation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Nicole, can you fill in? I mean, that was, um, as I think everybody realizes now, it's, um, I think, a it's a little bit Byzantine. Uh, can, what else would you have to add about SQL Server licensing?
2: Well, the the other key point is to understand, are you using SQL standards or are you using SQL, SQL Enterprise? So most of what Oleg talked about really applies to SQL Enterprise, which is also what uh, VMware Cloud on AWS license included offering includes, is SQL Enterprise. Um, I think most customers who are you know, utilizing more than a few VMs are already using SQL Enterprise anyway, so that's, that's not a surprise to them. Uh, the second thing that I would just add to my esteemed colleague's great explanation is that license mobility through software assurance for SQL that there is a verification process that goes along with that. So make sure that you look through the product terms and understand what that verification process is and what form you need to fill out. We also have a link to the verification process on our site and also on the volumelicensing.com site at Microsoft, you'll find the license mobility verification forms. Um, And that's something that you fill out and you would submit to us or your reseller can fill out and submit to us before we provision those SQL licenses on uh, our cloud platform.
0: Excellent. You know, folks, as always, this just may seem complicated. Again, all you need to do, drop us an email at vmc-microsoft-ext at vmware.com or have your account manager reach out to us. I think one of the things that we've noticed, and, and I know Oleg's been involved, in a ton of customer experiences, you really kind of need to, there, there, there are uh, ways to ring fence your spend with SQL Server and actually come up with a mix of ways that uh, that you can uh, kind of deploy your SQL Server. Um, you know, Oleg, t- tell us a little bit about that process. Like when you when you look at a customer and you try to understand it's kind of the right basket of license modes for them. How how do you go through that process?
1: Sure thing, Bill. Let us let us try to guide through. It's still the process that would require collecting of some preliminary information that would be very helpful for you to make the right decision. So the first thing first, you will need to understand if SQL Server is always deployed on your infrastructure, right? That is the first thing, and. After that, if you will find out, oh, okay, I do have some SQL Server workload deployed, then let us count what we have. Let us count number of VMs with SQL Server workload and also get some CPU information for that VM in addition to what SQL Server version is used. Remember that for non-production use, So for all testing purpose, you can use SQL Server Developer Edition, which is free of charge from Microsoft. And as time as we are speaking, uh, end user agreement for SQL Server Developer Edition doesn't prevent it being deployed on VMware Cloud on AWS. So once you identify all production used SQL Server instances, and you have your addition and number of CPU. You will need to count how many of them you have. And then make the same for a physical host. And then compare the prices like what will happen if I will do per VM licensing and what will happen if I do per host licensing and what licenses I have, if they do have software assurance or not. All of that would influence your final decision. And remember that we also have an option from VMware to provide you licenses via subscription model, which would help you to move to OPEX model, which might be beneficial compared to CapEx model that you might have with perpetual licenses.
0: Excellent. So, you know, once again, talk to VMC Microsoft EXT. Uh, and uh, we'll, we, we're we talking about it in generalities. Once we have the specifics of your particular account, we can help you through it and it's actually a pretty uh, simple kind of way through it. Um, Oleg, you know, talk about, so the, you know, obviously we had to respond and I think there's an important point that we need to kind of make to the listeners, which is that these are not things that we made, uh, y- you know, as it's kind of willingly, these are things that this sort of Microsoft's licensing regime um, kind of focused on us. What it's, how would you describe how VMware's responses to kind of the changes have been? And, and sort of maybe talk be briefly, obliquely about the product.
1: Sure thing. So let me take it from technical product perspective, and then I will probably look back to you, Bill, to mm-hmm. add something from the economic perspective. solely from the technical perspective, right? We, We signed an agreement with Microsoft. So now the VMware is able to provide those licenses as a subscription. So that is the same model as you would subscribe to VMware Cloud on AWS. That is the same model you have to add Windows Server or SQL Server licenses to your package. It's a couple of rules that you need to remember while doing that. First of all, this license is per cluster, not per SQL Server cluster, but per E6A cluster on VMware Cloud on AWS. All hosts in the cluster must be licensed. That is the rule number one. The rule number two is we are doing a monthly billing, right? So once you will opt for this option, you will need to pay for an upcoming month. That is the way how we are doing that. But to help you to consume it, we are also providing you a way to either deploy a new VM using a Microsoft ISO or using an OVA, which is a pre-created VM that you can deploy either with vanilla Windows Server 2019 or even with SQL Server 2019 being deployed on top of it. That is all available once you will opt for this option for VMware. In addition to that, we support you to move a VM, an existing VM, with Windows Server or SQL Server. And then if you want, you can realize on it using VMware-provided licensing key. Uh, one again, much more about product implementation and product-related details, you will find in our documentation on VMC on AWS documentation website. And now let us take a look, what is the economical impact of these changes? And that is where Bill could provide a lot, a lot of information on that topic.
0: So, thanks for that uh, transition. I mean, in general, what you've seen, and I think you can summarize what we've done is, we have added one small feature to how you provision a cluster. And I think we should talk about kind of cluster bits in just a minute. I'll put that as a kind of question. But um, what we've generally seen is that uh, in some cases, this can, uh, you know, this, this can increase the cost. And I think so people have to, however, I think there are some ways to ring fence that. One of the things that Microsoft licensing requires of us is that we have to license while we charge by the node, we charge by the host through using SPP credits, uh, for those of you who know our system, um, we uh end up having to license the entire cluster and that's really uh kind of our reading of the contract and how microsoft license requires us to do that so there is going to be there there uh is the potential for an increase of cost and what we do is the fundamental change in licensing as was mentioned before is that you're really moving from a perpetual license where you buy it all up front to a monthly model and so um in this uh, uh, in this model, I think you will see um, uh, an increase in uh, cost over time, but there are ways to both limit that cost as well as uh, ring fence it. And I would just point out that again, this is something that's being required of us. And as a result, as we pass those monthly rental fees through, um, we are um, basically offering them at a very near uh, cost for us. So uh, it's an important point to understand. As as sort of Oleg um, teed up, on the one hand, there's likely, in a lot of cases, going to be an increase of cost required by what Microsoft has done. Uh, However, there are ways to limit and ring-fence it. The perfect way to do that, of course, and find out what to do is to email uh, us at vmc-microsoft-ext. Um, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. Um, and so I'd also mention that if you go to vmc, or sorry, if you go to cloud.vmware.com slash Microsoft-licensing, under the resources tab, uh, we've worked with our friends at Directions on Microsoft to um, put together a white paper that'll help, uh, I think, discuss and help you understand this issue uh, as well in a very digestible format. Um, And so those are something that we'll put in the show notes, make sure that you have, uh, so that make sure that you have all of the other information. Um, Nicole, is there, um, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. Is there any sort of key message that you think that uh, people need to, hear from this or is there some, is there some sort of key point you wanna make sure people understand?
2: Yes, thanks for asking. So one key point is uh, this this ring fencing of dedicated cloud hosting providers uh, by Microsoft for licensing. Um, it started in October of 2019, um, but I do think that that will expand because it seems to have been uh, successful for Microsoft. And coming from Microsoft's, uh, coming from Microsoft itself, uh, I do believe that, 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 that they will expand that to other hyperscalers. Um, two
0: and other uh, That's actually an interesting point. And so what should people do to sort of watch that? And when do you think this will happen based on your experience?
2: Well, based on my experience, they typically, Microsoft typically makes the major infrastructure changes right around the October timeframe. So this uh, announcement that was made last October sort of fits that that same pattern. Of course, I don't have a crystal ball and I can't say for sure, um, but it just fits that general pattern. The thing that folks need to think about is, you, most of you are already thinking about a cloud-first strategy. So you probably would be thinking about, you know, who you want to partner with in a cloud-first strategy anyway outside of Microsoft licensing terms. And, um, so that's just, that just is matching something that most customers are thinking about anyway, but how can they do that by being compliant with the license terms and still have use of those perpetual licenses that they've acquired? So again, if you acquired those licenses pre-October 2019, you can still bring them to any dedicated cloud outsourcer. Those rights are still there. Uh, That's one, those are two points I wanna make. And then two other quick points I wanna make, um, I, I don't wanna extend this podcast too long, but as you're thinking about your cloud for strategy and thinking about how you make the most of those perpetual licenses, when you move them to the cloud, Think about the fact that we have a new pattern of end of support with Microsoft. Many of you went through the pain of the ESU for Windows 2008 and SQL 2008, and some of you are probably still feeling that pain. That that is now, you know, a paid license support. That's a multi-year paid license support. So if you think about snapping to an on-demand model for the latest version of Windows, Um, that might be a better way to go rather than trying to to anticipate with the cost of continuing to support some of the the legacy applications that you have on Windows. And the same goes for SQL. Um, And then my last point is is that we, on our uh, agreement with Microsoft, for our on-demand VMC on AWS, for Windows and SQL, that is a SKU that is for unlimited VMs. So you do have that ability to have unlimited VMs if you want to move to that model with us.
0: Excellent. Any kind of closing thoughts or summaries that you want people to understand, Oleg?
1: I would add just a couple of quick thoughts on, on the whole project. So I believe it's very important to realize that for all licenses, with unchanged terms before October 1, 2019, you just continue to use them as it will be your normal vSphere on-premises environment where you are actually probably not thinking a lot about how you're doing your license. For new license, that is where for Windows Server, remember that the only option now to get it license will be a subscription from VMware. For SQL Server, an ability to migrate your license, with license mobility is a great chance to reuse your already spended money on SQL Server. And then if it would be required, VMware continues to offer subscription to SQL Server. Anything else that you, Bill, probably want to add on that?
0: Well, that's a good point, actually. It was just fumbling with my mute button. I, I, again, I think the key things are go to Microsoft, go to, uh, VMC-Microsoft-EXT at VMware.com if you have questions. And uh, uh, also check out cloud.vmware.com slash Microsoft-licensing. Check that resources page for the, for the white paper from our friends at Directions on Microsoft. Um, this has been a great uh, podcast and it be- and it definitely reinforces the need for more of these. So I know we'll have you back on the podcast, maybe in a quarter to give an update on how things are going. So I wanna thank uh, Nicole Palco, Microsoft licensing specialist, and Oleg Ulianov, master of all things SQL Server and beyond. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bill. Thanks,
2: Bill. Thanks, Oleg.
0: And this has been another episode of VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged. I'm your host, Bill Roth. For Nicole Palco and Oleg Ulyanov, uh, I wanted to say thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next time. Our senior producer is Sonali Desai. Our executive producer is the estimable Ivan Oprinchuk. And so for the whole team, I will say thank you, and we'll talk to you next time on VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged.